0: Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And of course, uh, today we're going to catch up with Esther Chan from Cyber Safe Seniors and find out how cybersecurity is critically important for our kupuna. And I want to welcome you, Esther, to Bite Marks Cafe.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Yeah, you know, it's great, and... uh, I, I do want to get your sort of uh, the genesis story about how CyberSafe uh, started up because I think it was a, it's a great story and and just to you know let, let our listeners know I mean you're you're pretty young you're in high school Punahou, right senior so tell us a little bit about what really went into your desire to you know do this project uh, to support or help seniors understand. Sort of the issues around cybersecurity.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually started Cyber Safe Seniors in 2021 during the pandemic after uh, my own grandmother unfortunately experienced a cyber attack. Mm-hmm. So what happened um, for that is she was using her personal computer and a pop-up came up on her screen. And it was a, basically a false antivirus. So what it said is like, hey, there's a virus on your computer. Call this number to get rid of it. And, unfortunately, it was fake, but my grandma didn't realize it at the time, so she called the number and, unfortunately, ended up divulging some of her bank account numbers, which is pretty scary. Mm, Luckily, my dad was able to help her in time and intervene, but that experience definitely left an emotional impact on her, of course, as the victim, but also on us as her family. So that was kind of the main inspiration for this. And after that occurred, I actually um, realized that Unfortunately, cybercrime is an issue for so many people across um, the world in Hawaii and just everywhere, really. And I noticed a lot of, you know, my grandma's friends and my friends' grandparents, for example, um, also had similar experiences. So Cyber Safety News was my way of trying to help um, kupuna um, defend themselves against mm-hmm. these sorts of cyber criminals. So,
0: propaganda. so Esther, you know, when when that event actually took place uh was uh, she home kind of like by herself or were you there or who who kind of came to the rescue in that initial instance
1: mm-hmm. yeah so this was during the pandemic and my grandma actually lives at one Kalakala. Mm-hmm. so she was living there by herself um, which was also part of the problem and mm-hmm. which was definitely made it scary for us but yeah, she called my dad as soon as she as soon as she realized that it was a scam call, she called my dad and my dad was able to help her um, over the phone.
0: Oh okay, okay. and then from from your I guess getting involved, uh, mm-hmm. did you feel like uh, you know the topic was something that you could help address? I mean not how was uh, uh, that's maybe what that's like two two years ago, maybe you're a sophomore and uh, were you already kind of getting um, some Fundamental background on on you know safe computing and cybersecurity just from your you know dealings in school and felt well maybe I have a little bit of background I can I can maybe do something about this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, not too long before that instance happened, I had taken a course called Compu Girls Hawaii. Okay. Yeah. Right. And yeah, yeah. So basically, what that course is is a course for um, high school students, young women in high school, and Basically, that course definitely opened my eyes up to the issue of cybersecurity, because prior to that, I hadn't realized how uh, big of a problem it is. And through that program, I actually met Jody Ito, who mm-hmm. is the Chief Information Security Officer at the University of Hawaii. Um, she did a presentation for us. And um, yeah, when I was just starting up the organization, I reached out to her over email and yeah, she's been such a huge help throughout this whole
0: process. Yeah, no, that's great. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Compute Girls because I've actually had them on the radio. And, you know, that's another program that I, I, I'm hoping they're still, you know, still out there doing stuff like this. Now, when you, um, <clears throat> you know, when you started to kind of ideate around uh, providing some support service for Kupuna, uh, you went pretty far into developing a, kind of a whole organizational structure, right? I mean, it wasn't uh-huh. just a matter of you helping your your uh, grandma it's like you put together like a whole like non-profit and everything.
1: Uh-huh. So what, what okay so yeah, what
0: what what went through your mind in terms of why did you need to do that?
1: Actually yeah, when I first started this I was definitely not expecting it to go as far as it has come. Mhm. Um yeah, basically I started off by creating a curriculum um, you know with help with, from Jody Ito and some other Senior care homes across the island, particularly, I want to thank uh, Linda Vares from One Kalakaua mm-hmm. and Karen Halimano from the Plaza Waikiki, so they were a huge help in that. Um, but yeah, I did some research. I created this curriculum from scratch, and honestly, I was thinking it would kind of stop there. Like i just you know put it online, and then people could kind of access it whenever they wanted to. Uh, but yeah, the demand for it definitely surprised me, and people were asking me, like, oh, hey, can you do in-person workshops? And I was like, maybe. Um, But it was actually an experience at this Changemaker Summit um, hosted by Prudential Emerging Visionaries that really inspired me to, you know, take this organization further because I saw other, you know, young people kind of like me, like driven like me, and they were doing such amazing things. And seeing that definitely made me want to take cyber Seniors further than I had initially planned.
0: And and so <clears throat> you know during the course of uh, let's say connecting with uh, with Jody Ito and and it seems like the network effect kind of took place and one contact kind of led to another contact and then pretty soon you're you're developing this whole curriculum and and uh, supporting a, a number of um, groups out there I mean I know you've uh, you also got kind of involved with uh, the the uh, Kapuna Council right uh, the Kapuna Collective.
1: Collective, yeah. Yeah, I've worked with like a bunch of various organizations um, in Hawaii, and I'm, yeah, I'm so grateful for everyone who's been willing to work with Cybersafe Safe Smeers. Yeah, we did some things with AARP Hawaii. Uh, we did some things with the Launa Multi Multipurpose Senior Center. Right, right. So, yeah, it's definitely really taken off, and I'm so grateful for everyone who's been involved.
0: Well, you know, I, I do want to uh, kind of talk a little bit about how this sort of relates. I mean, it could consume a lot of your time and you're still a student so <laughs> how did you you know di- sort of divide your time kind of balance your time and and did you you know maybe pitch it to some of your teachers that this is might be a like a service uh you know a service project but we want to hold that thought we'll be right back after a short break to continue our conversation with esther chan founder of cyber safe seniors this is bite marks cafe
1: Support for Byte Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training, and the Rice Partnership.
0: Welcome back. This is Byte Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Esther Chan from Cyber Safe Seniors, a project that she uh, created and is actually continuing to manage and run and right before the break i was um kind of uh, teasing the question you know how did you do all this and at the same time you know do your classes and i've seen your schedule it's pretty uh, it's pretty packed uh yeah. was it <laughs> was this part of a you know like a um, like a service project or did uh, your teachers sort of help give you some credit for you know, extracurricular. I mean, like, it's not, you know, I mean, it's like uh, robotics or it's like some, uh, you know, uh, kinds of activities that students oftentimes get into. But, you know, you went about it kind of as an individual. So were they uh, supportive in that way? And and did you sort of get some uh, recognition, I guess, from from your uh, school uh, folks uh, in terms of, you know, like a... um, in you know, like a uh, extracurricular or a social service kind of, um, you know, activity.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. So start seniors actually, um, was formed completely separate from anything to do with school. Mm-hmm. So for a while it was, yeah, just completely separate. Something I was just doing on my own. I didn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily make us log our community service hours. So it wasn't really for that either. It's kind of more just like a passion project, something mm-hmm. I really wanted to do in terms of helping the community. Um, but actually, recently, I have been, um, I guess, involving Punahou more in cybersecurity Seniors. So I, in particular, I've been working with Mr. Lockridge um, from the Case Accelerator for Student Entrepreneurship at Punahou. Oh, Mark. And he's been super helpful. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> I've had him on the show, too.
1: Oh, are you serious? Yeah. That's so yeah, funny. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so, but he's been such a huge help. And I actually did my distinctions. In student entrepreneurship with him, so that's kind of how I've invol- been involved with uh, Punahou in terms of this project.
0: Well, I don't want to sidetrack, but uh, so mo- mo- you know, the interactions that I've had it- with him is along the lines of entrepreneurship, and has that interaction helped you maybe consider um, kind of the entrepreneurial, I guess, uh, uh, route that CyberSafe might take?
1: Yeah, honestly, I think even though we're a nonprofit, we do have to. Employ various, um, I guess, like strategies, kind of um, that relate to entrepreneurship. For example, marketing, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's definitely been really helpful in that way. And I've learned so much from him. So
2: yeah, no,
0: that's that great. Awesome. <laughs> that's great. That's great to hear. And it's great to hear these stories. Now, you mentioned some of the organizations that uh, you know you've um, interacted with, probably through some of your board board members, and and how they might have. Uh, you know, maybe gotten you to consider maybe doing some in-person trainings, how has that been managed? I mean, I I can see where that would get pretty daunting if, you know, a lot of people started calling you up, hey, Esther, can you come in and do a class for us and uh, do a class for you? And and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, can you help us uh, out here uh, at the senior (laughs) home uh, (laughs) housing area on the neighbor island? You know, how does, so how do you manage those kinds of requests and, and. How has it? How, how has the trajectory, I guess, gone from you know when you first started back in 2021 to now when it's now kind of like 2024? Is it kind of at a even keel, or is it is it ramping up, or wh- where where does it stand in terms of you know your uh sort of how much energy that it takes to manage all this? Yeah, I feel like
1: it's definitely taken a lot of energy from the start, but that energy has been. I guess invested in different areas of, of the organization. So, for example, when I was first starting out, it was mostly invested in creating the curriculum mm-hmm. and you know making those first connections. Whereas, right now, it's kind of funny that you mention all these requests because that's actually what's been happening ever since we were featured in the Generations magazine. This, I think, yeah, the January February um, edition of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right now it's definitely taking off where <laughs> yeah. we have like a bunch of new partnerships. Actually, yeah. Even just meeting you, for example, um, recently. And um, yeah, I'm super grateful for where it's at right now. I'm super excited for where it's going to go. Hopefully, we can expand to some neighbor islands soon and possibly even nationally. Um, and currently, in terms of how I'm managing requests, we do have a lot um, of workshops scheduled for this coming month or like the rest of this month and March and April. Um, and but right now we have a wait list as well, so we're going to hopefully keep doing this for a long time. So if we don't have enough space, we'll, we're happy to put people on the wait list. And, of course, I'm also involving um, a lot of other people who previously weren't involved in the organization beyond you know, just my board and myself. Right. Um, for instance, we've involved the Girl Scouts of Hawaii mm-hmm. in this, and mm-hmm. we've had some wonderful Girl Scout volunteers join us. So, yeah, the team just keeps on growing, and we're just excited to know keep expanding our program
0: so what types of topics do you actually cover i mean and and feel free to highlight whichever ones you want i mean i think the the uh series that i've seen is probably about eight or nine eight or nine videos and they're not you know they're not long videos but uh how did you decide which topics maybe maybe start with you know what are some of the more popular topics that uh, you you folks have covered mm-hmm.
1: yeah so our course is an introduction to cybersecurity so it's Covers most of the basics and, like, the fundamental knowledge about cybersecurity that mm-hmm. people would need. Um, so, for example, some of the topics we cover include phishing, which is, you know, when you have malicious emails come in, like, kind of spam emails. We cover antiviruses and, you know, that sort of software, how to use it. We cover, um, let's see what else, you know, just practical tips such as, you know, avoiding connecting to public Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just things like that, just practical tips in general to help Kupuna, um, yeah, just reduce the risk of cybercrime.
0: So one of, the, one of the topics that sort of caught my attention was one called, uh, you know, recognizing dangerous websites. What would you consider, what, would, what advice would you give someone uh, that might be, I don't know, surfing the web and end up on a quote-unquote dangerous website? What, what would qualify something as dangerous?
1: Yeah, so dangerous websites typically involves malware. Um, so because they involve malware, it's definitely best to not download anything from mm-hmm. that website mm-hmm. because it could be you know, a virus or something malicious like that. Um, so that's the first thing I'd say. Um, second thing I'd say is that, well, in order to know not to download anything, you have to be able to recognize that it's a malicious website in the first place. So um, I guess a tip I'd have for that is, first of all, to you know, heed the warnings that your browser will give you. Typically, I know for Google Chrome, which I use, it'll say if a website's not safe, it'll say like, "Hey, this website's not safe. You should go back." So mm-hmm. definitely heed that warning.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and second thing is, these sorts of websites will likely look pretty sketchy as well. So if you go to a website, it doesn't look legitimate, then yeah, just. Honestly, just quit out of that website and go to another
0: one if you really need something. Yeah. You know, and, and I, that's probably uh, another good sort of advice. Even looking at emails, mm-hmm. and I would uh, maybe mm-hmm. maybe give us a sense of what types of emails would uh, raise flags uh, if you were to give some advice to your grandma, or your you know, some kupuna. Like, which emails should they be actually you know looking at and saying, "Hey, this doesn't look quite right." What what are the characteristics mm-hmm. of that email?
1: That's actually um, definitely one of our main lessons, and if you, uh, if any of you listeners end up joining one of our workshops, we definitely cover that a lot. But mm-hmm. I would say the main um, things to look out for is, of course, you know, typos. Um, second thing is, if it's really generic, um, that can be a sign because typically these emails are sent out to you know thousands of people, and it's not going to uh, likely have your name there. So, for example, it won't say like, "Hi, Bert." It would say like your customer or something
0: like that. Right, right, right. Um,
1: And then I guess the other thing is just checking the email address itself um, to make sure it looks legitimate. And, yeah, because I know you can get these weird emails claiming to be from certain companies, and then you look at the email address, and it's, like, not even from that company. So that's another thing to be aware of.
0: No, that's a great example because uh, I've I've oftentimes gotten emails that could uh, appear to be from a bank, you know, uh, maybe even a bank that I bank at. And and your advice to kind of look at the domain name of that email address, uh, whoever's sending it, uh, you can tell that it's, <laughs> it's probably not coming from that bank, and uh, probably not a good you know good uh, email to click on any you know like uh, uh, active link because uh, that would definitely push you into a you know maybe one what you would consider a dangerous website. so so in terms of uh you know your series of of uh, uh topics have have any uh, of your let's say students uh suggested hey can you consider doing this one or that one i mean are you looking at expanding your repertoire of of topics that you cover yeah i mean we're
1: definitely open to that um for example like one person I think at one of our workshops was interested in learning about how to block phone numbers mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Uh, you know we can often we often like receive phone calls from you know, scammers and they just keep on calling you. And it's really annoying. So they were just wondering how to block those phone numbers so that you know you wouldn't have to keep dealing with those calls. So that's one example of um, something we've incorporated into our workshops based on feedback. Um, and of course, yeah. If anyone wants to learn anything in particular, we're happy to cover it. After every session, we also have Q and A. So, yeah, if anyone wants to learn anything very specific, we're happy to help them with that as well.
0: <laughs> so I, I'm sure that uh, you know these lists of topics can go on and on and on. And uh, what? do Well, I, I I will save that question for uh, this little break. So we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Esther Chan from CyberSafe Seniors. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
1: Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Maui. Welcome
0: back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, right here on Hawaii Public Radio. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Esther Chan, from cybersafe seniors and right before the break you know we're talking about all the potential kind of uh, topics that uh, you could uh, esther could cover in your series what do you do if somebody brings up a topic that you might not be totally familiar with but you know it's of interest what is your source of of um, uh, understanding that particular topic where do you wh- wh- where's your go-to place uh-huh.
1: Yeah, so in the event that that happens, what I'll typically say is, oh, that's like obviously a great question, and I'll get back to you later. Um, And then after that, I will uh, go and research that topic Mm -hmm. and -hmm. then kind of compile all that information and send it to them in an email. I don't have a specific go-to place, but um, obviously Google is definitely very helpful. And I know, of course, I can always ask Jody Ito, um, she knows so much about cybersecurity. So, <laughs>
0: yeah, I can definitely go to her as well. So, uh, you know, is this particular series a unique thing? I mean, or have you encountered any others that are putting something together? You know, it could be for Kupuna. It could be for the general public. Um, have you tapped into something that is uh, uniquely offered? Or, or uh, you know, did you find – are you are you in a unique niche I guess, uh, in terms of this sort of series?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have encountered other people who are teaching um, seniors about like how to use their devices, mm-hmm. but I don't mm-hmm. believe I've encountered any other group that's teaching them about cybersecurity in particular. And the other thing I'd like to add is um, I believe what makes our curriculum unique is that it's designed to be engaging for participants. So, for instance, we have Bingo because I know Kapuna including my grandmother, loves bingo. And we just try to make the workshops really fun and try to highlight that you know personal connection because, um, yeah, that's what really matters in the long run is that personal connection and really um, getting to know our participants. So, yeah, I think that's what definitely makes it Well,
0: fun. you know, I, I uh, am kind of familiar with the video series because that's what's easily accessible and it's on YouTube. Uh, but, I, this is new to me. I mean, what? where does the bingo fit in? I mean, you you are talking about something that you do in person, right? So uh, maybe walk me through like a like a session. Are you kind of like playing mm-hmm. bingo as a warm-up uh, exercise? And, and how do you incorporate it into the workshop?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you might have been cutting out a little bit, but I'm pretty sure you're asking like what a typical session looks like.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So um, essentially what our sessions are are we play some of the videos that I've previously created, but we also have a bunch of activities for them um, based on the content of the video. So, you know, I listed Bingo as an example, but we also have other activities, including like a word cloud, a password generating activity, and a bunch of others. But if you want to um, find out what they all are, definitely come and <laughs> check out our mm-hmm. workshop series.
0: Yeah, no, no that sounds mm-hmm. very intriguing. I'm... I'm, I'm uh, uh, really interested in in how you know how you've kind of developed this uh, uh, in-person kind of delivery of of your class now you know in in terms of uh, the organization you started a nonprofit you've got uh, you've got board members some of them that uh, the names are recognizable like uh, Suzy Chan Oakland and and Jody Ito but you have students that are part of your uh, I guess uh, like classmates that are part of your board uh, how do you see how do you see the eventual kind of management of this resource as as uh things move forward i mean and you're a senior at at bono destined definitely to head over to college uh not in you know not uh in, in a couple of months i would imagine um so what do you what do you envision as being kind of the future of CyberSafe, and and who's gonna hold the fort i guess when you're off at college
1: so that's definitely been something I've been thinking a lot about lately as a senior in high school. And for that, I have, I've actually kind to been late, um, I've been trying to lay a foundation for this for actually a couple years now um, through partnerships. So for instance, I mentioned already Girl Scouts of Hawaii has mm-hmm. been really helpful and hopefully they can um, help perpetuate this further. Some of my board members are younger students. Um, for example, we have a few juniors on our board, so um, one of them will definitely take the reins next year, I'm hoping. And yeah, I think we'll try to perpetuate this organization mostly um, through partnerships with other organizations, possibly other schools, um, perhaps also integrating it further into you know the Punahou community. And we do have a club right now, so that can also um, hopefully help in terms of sustaining it for the future.
0: You know, yeah. and so so mm-hmm. I I can see where that uh, is uh, spreading kind of the wealth of the role that you played for the most part. You know, getting getting this all started, and then as others uh, get involved, uh, for the most part, I guess the classes that you offer the workshops that you guys offer are are at no charge. So, you do have to raise money, I guess, to kind of keep the lights on. Have you um, sought after you know, let's say? sponsorships and what what i guess would be your most likely sort of funding source for a lot of this activity
1: sorry you're kind of cutting out on the last part do you mind repeating your question yeah i just just (laughs) curious
0: about uh, how you envision uh sort of keeping keeping the lights on in terms of uh uh, funding and and who do you seek as as being some of your maybe um sponsor uh supporters Mm -hmm. Mm
2: mm-hmm
1: I believe you're asking about funding, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, in terms of funding, I've been super grateful to have received support from the Empowerment Fund of Honolulu, um, from Brandon Marita, who um, has been heading that up. So, yeah, huge shout out to them for supporting our organization. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and also we have received some award money from various awards, including the Prudential Emerging Visionaries Awards. So I think we're in terms of finances we're actually um, pretty solid right now, particularly considering that our workshops themselves don't really cost a whole lot. So in terms of finances I'm not too worried and again I'm really appreciative of everyone who has supported our organization financially.
0: So from a from a tech standpoint, I mean your productions don't necessarily require a lot of uh, expenses up front.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We, I just wondered if, uh, you know, if your, uh, you know, the, the video productions that you do, those are pretty much, uh, um, you know, manageable in terms of the expenses.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. I think the only things I needed to really purchase for that were, like, a lav microphone, and then, yeah, it was, it was pretty manageable in terms of um, expenses.
0: And then, you know, when you start to get others involved, like the Girl Scouts, I mean, that's pretty much you're looking at kind of train-the-trainer kind of activity. So once you have the curriculum, you get somebody else sort of trained up to be a trainer, and then they're off kind of running with the program.
1: Exactly, yes. Yeah.
0: Well, sounds good. This is exciting. Esther, I look forward to you know continuing our conversation uh, as as uh, we go down this timeline. It's, uh, it's exciting stuff. Now, if somebody wants to check out your list of schedules and, and what's happening next on CyberSafe uh, Seniors, where can they
1: go? Uh, they can definitely check out our website, GoCyberSafe.org. Again, that's GoCyberSafe.org, and all our contact info is on there.
0: Very good. Esther Chan is the founder of CyberSafe Seniors, a nonprofit. She's also a senior at Punahou, heading over to Harvard uh, for college, so I want to congratulate her with that. And, of course, thank you, Esther, for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk to Purple Maya and their new fund. If you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on BiteMarkscafe.org. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HBR1 every Wednesday or anytime via the HBR app or your favorite podcast application. You stay safe, you stay awesome. And we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.